Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I've got such a great guest today. We're going to have so much fun. Her name is Annabelle Monahan, and she wrote, the title of her book just kind of says it all, Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? This is somebody who totally gets moms. She gets where we are. She's got thoughts in her books for moms and other tired people, and I'm so excited to introduce to you today Annabelle Monahan. Annabelle, welcome to the show. Oh, Sandra, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. It is so much fun. I had I laughed out loud. Um, and I'm a tough critic. You know, I was married to a professional comedian for 10 years. I've heard every joke in the book. And um, I laughed a lot um, from everything from the Hello Kitty backpack, you know, to how to get a tan. Your book is magnificent. And I really I, I want to ask you, though, how do you manage family and work and a book? Hmm. I just want to take a minute and take that compliment in because that is so nice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so, I'm so glad you liked it and that you laughed. Um, you know, the, the answer, to be totally honest, we're going to talk for a while, so I probably shouldn't start BSing you. Um, I don't really manage. Uh, so it's not, it's just not perfect. And the more that I'm writing and the more that I'm working and the more that I'm speaking, the more that the rest of my family just has to sort of pitch in. And that's how I manage. I, you know, I drop some things and then my kids pick them up or my husband picks them up. So uh, it's sort of a team effort. Well, and I, you know, I really want to explore this more because one of the things that happened, Annabelle, you know, my ex-husband left and he left me with two little kids and a mortgage and car payments and all these things. And I almost had a stroke at one point because I was trying to keep the laundry clean. I was trying to... I was trying to be like my mom, who was a stay-at-home mom and, you know, had a husband who who paid the bills. And I really didn't give myself enough permission to be where I was at the time. And, you know, we have moms that work at home. We have moms that work out of the home. We have moms that have one kid. We have moms that have seven kids. You know, all these different criteria come into play, but we look at magazines, you know, and I look at all these like monogrammed catalogs where they have monogrammed backpacks and everybody looks so neat and clean and put together. And I know it's a photograph. I get that. But there's still a part of me that goes like, oh, see, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. Have you ever seen online the um, monogrammed Easter basket liners? Yes. So you can have yeah, the little gingham ones. Yeah. That's the thing that could make me jump. That to me is just the, the, the last moment where our society has really just ratcheted up the pressure on mothers. It's, 
you know, I think that the, the first thing we all have to do is give ourselves a break. And the second thing is just to give each other a break. You know, we don't, yes. we don't have to keep upping the game for perfection. But product sales, like, you know, let's talk about this. There are products out there and marketers are wanting to market to us. And, you know, they get into our demographics, our psychographics, and it's like you will be a better mom if you buy this box dinner for your family because we know you're stressed and tired and we know that you can't possibly get to the grocery store on top of everything else you have to do. So you'll be a good mom if you buy our and just fill in the product. I mean, that's right. that's the emotional side of marketing today because I feel it. You know, I, I'm in marketing. I'm in branding. I mean, that's my background. That's what my company does. So I'm cognizant of it, but yet I still fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I, I fall for a lot of marketing that tells me that I need to be really thin and have my hair blown dry all the time. Oh, my gosh. Be, and, while, and, like, lipstick while I'm vacuuming and kind of happily vacuuming. I've never right. happily vacuumed. Not one no. time. <laughs> Well, and we haven't come so far. Like June Cleaver is not dead. June Cleaver has just got a new haircut and new clothing. And, you know, she's in our catalog. She's in our magazine. She's on our TV shows. I mean, when we go back to Roseanne, and she was like the first sloppy mom on TV, and everybody made fun of her. But I got news for you. I look like Roseanne when I'm cleaning the kitchen. I don't look (laughs) like June Cleaver. Yeah, you know what? Funny you bring up June Cleaver because when I think about June Cleaver, you know, she was perfect and she did everything perfectly and it was such a shiny show. But her children went outside to play. She wasn't arranging play dates and arts and crafts for her children. She wasn't taking them to Chinese lessons at three years old. She didn't have this sort of expectation that our generation is now putting on itself for what motherhood looks like. She wasn't doing their homework or their science projects. She was just keeping the house clean and cooking. And now it's like we've added to that, you know, we're working. We're, we're creating these superhuman people that for some reason all need to play the violin. Um, I think that even June Cleaver would have buckled under the weight of that. Well, I, you know, and I, you know, we kind of like, you know, kind of say these things tongue in cheek, but there's a lot of truth to it. You know, when I was growing up, you know, and my dad is living with me now, Annabelle, he's 83 since my mom passed away. So my, my household goes from like eight to 80, literally. And wow. he's so fun because we talk at dinner, you know, we have, we have, you know, three generations at dinner every night and he'll say things to me like, here's something he said to me the other night and I'd love your take on it. He said, you know, Sam, when you kids were little, I had brothers and sisters and we, we lived up near the Canadian border. He's like, we had to buy four swimsuits a year because we swam on the swim team and we all played soccer, but we wore pennies, you know, these little net thingies that, you know, you put over your shirt and you just showed up with your sneakers and you showed up with your, and the, you know, the red team played the blue team and the yellow team played the green team. And they just took the pennies out of a bag and threw them at the kids. We put them on and played. And that was it. Now, when my sons go out to do these things, they have their warm-up suit, they have their game day clothes, they have their <laughs> cleats and their matching socks and their stirrup pants and their jock strap. And I mean, I get the jock strap is probably a good thing, but but all this stuff. And we need to then have a bag with stuff. And then the na- the bag has to match the team colors because you pay for the bag. Then they monogram the kid's name. It's like, Effing Barry Bonds in my living room, and he's eight. 
I, I just I couldn't agree more. And you know what else is going to happen to that bag? They're going to lose that bag for yes. all of that stuff that you paid for. They're going. I guarantee you, a hundred percent of the time, they're going to lose that bag. Uh, no, it is it's madness, and just the the economics around raising children uh, these days. It, for that reason, you know, they need or they believe they need or we tell them they need so much stuff. When our kids really, I mean, just to break it down, they just really need our time and some place to play. Well, and that's it. And I want to add in, I'm going to just add in another caveat. When you're divorced and you have two households, Annabelle, that translates to most of us two soccer balls, two sets of cleats, two sets of, two sets of, two sets of, you know, and when you have a fractious divorce or a a high-conflict divorce, which is the word to say, I married a jerk, um, if the soccer socks go over to dad's house, one of the greatest ways dad can make mom look like a fool, and I've lived this, is for dad to send one sock. Dad to send the jersey and the socks and no team shorts because you can't you can't manufacture a team jersey out of things. And, you know, my divorce was so ugly that there were we called these things sock wars, you know, these these games that would play. So I got to the point where whenever my kids would sign up for a sport, I would say, I'm going to pay for a duplicate jersey and pay for a duplicate pair of socks and a duplicate pair of shorts, anything that I can't easily replace. And I did that because of the games people play in divorce. And, you know, you just go with all this crap, and then it's crap times two, and then you've got parents who can't get along. It, it gets to the point where it's maddening. Sandra, I, you're making me feel a little bit violent. <laughs> that, is, that is the most maddening story. It just gets it because when, you, when a little kid has to go play a sport, they're already a little nervous or excited. And for them not to have all the stuff that they need because somebody's trying to get at somebody else, um, that, that's just, uh, that's horrible. Well, and I wish I could say it's just me, but there is quite yeah. a few moms in my little group here. We are all divorced. And, you know, stepmoms play little games by like, oh, I thought they put the jersey in the backpack. <gasps> sorry, we're away for the weekend. And so this little group of moms, we have like, I have this soccer sock collection. I have like nine different colors. And, you know, like my friend, Rachel, she's like, do you have light blue? I have light blue. I'm sending the light blue over. It is like, we're like Navy SEAL moms at this point. (laughs) Well, thank God you're smart and resourceful. Because I don't, I don't know how this would, this would go. You know, my parents were divorced when I was five. Um, and my dad shortly after moved to England. So it was just my mom most, you know, raising us. And my mom, when I think about her raising children, she had three of us on her own. And my older brother uh, was in a very serious car accident and was disabled. So he was sort of in and out of hospitals and just very, very difficult to manage. Uh, and she worked full-time at a secretarial job. And for whatever reason, I don't even know how, but we always had a beautiful dinner on the table. She somehow, like, found the groceries, she found the money, and we always sat down and had a really nice dinner. But the things that my mom didn't do were, like, look for my stuff. Um, my older sister did our laundry. She didn't drive us around. We didn't have lessons. We didn't have activities. We just came home after school 
And it was actually, as grim as all those things sound, it was a very happy life. Well, Annabelle, I need to cut you off. I'm going to bring us back from commercial break for a second. But um, what's your mom's name? Joni. Joni, wherever you are, whether you're here or you've crossed over, I want to applaud you for making an amazing daughter, for being a single mom. I know how hard it is, and we're going to dedicate today's show to Joni. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love, got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here today with Annabelle Monahan. She's the author of a really, really funny book. You're going to want to go out and get a copy. Does this Volvo make my butt look big? You're going to enjoy this. It's got a forward by Lee Woodruff, and Lee's a good friend of mine, and we love Lee, so we're so happy that Lee Woodruff is part of this. And it is from the New York Times bestselling author of Perfectly Imperfect. And we get to visit with Annabelle today, Annabelle Monahan, and we get to talk mom 
stuff. We get to talk about some of the stuff in her book, but we get to learn about Annabelle. We get to see what makes her tick. And when we were going to commercial break, we were found we found out about Annabelle that she had been raised by a single mom. Her dad went to England. Is that correct, Mon- um, Annabelle? Yep. And you were talking about dinner, and and let's talk about some of the things that that helped make you who you are today. Um, my goodness, that's such a big question. Um, you know, my mom, um, I was saying she didn't do all the stuff that I do, you know, all the running around craziness that I do for my kids, because, you know, for some reason, I think they need it. What my mom did, whether she was at work or at home, was she stayed plugged in. So she always knew what was up with me. If she was in front of me and I was talking to her, she was listening It wasn't just for me. She was sort of like this with everybody. But she was very, very present when she was around. And that was the gift, really. that that was really the gift that she gave me, was just this I, this sort of constant mother that was there. for, And I could go out into the world and do all sorts of crazy things, and I would come back, and she was present. Um, my mom, when she's passed away now, but when I had little kids, she would often say to me, what are you doing? Why are you so tired? Why don't you go out at night? Uh, she didn't really understand this sort of like beating yourself up uh, way that we're raising our children now. Well, and that self-punishment um, is is a big deal today for moms. And you deal with some of this stuff in your book. And I want to read what Lee Woodruff, um, you know, she is the best-selling author of Perfectly Imperfect. I think the way I said it made it sound confusing. But I want to read what she said about your book. Annabelle Monahan is wry and humorous, truthful and self-deprecating. Her writing combines the brilliance of Honora Ephron's wit and Irma Bombeck's madcap housewifery with a dash of Liz Gilbert's heartfelt girlfriend truth. That is so accurate. That is so dead on. And when you talk about um, the pressures we put on ourselves, the standards that we have to live up to, and the beating up of ourselves, like, honest to God, that is my daily, like, dose of vitamins right there. (laughs) I think Lee Woodruff is my daily dose of vitamins. I think that little quote you read is just about my favorite thing that was ever put in print. It's so nice. Uh, But, you know, the funny thing, I, I, you know, I've been writing this column. This book is based on a column that I've been writing for about five years. And when strangers email me about a piece that I've written or about this book, they all sort of say, you know, I've never told anybody this, but that's exactly how I feel too. And I always, I wonder, what is it that we're all telling each other um, that isn't true? And why is it so surprising that I tell you that, you know, dinner at my house is kind of a disaster every night, or, you know, my house is kind of a mess, or my teenagers are total maniacs. Like, if I admit that to you in writing, or in, in my writing, why is that such a big deal or a surprise? Because everybody else are big, fat fakers and liars. And, you know, it's, I'm just going to say something. I live in a very, very nice community of very nice lawns, very nice people, very nice everything. And I'm there to, like, bring the property values down. I was the one with the old beat-up van. You know, there's soccer balls left out for three days at a time, sometimes three weeks at a time. There's the bike that fell over. And... For a while there, I really tried to keep up. And then I just completely fell apart, Annabelle. I mean, not to make this show all about like Sandra's breakdown, but I fell apart because I couldn't keep up. 
as a single mom working full time, soul supporting with two elementary school age kids and an 80 year old dad, something had to give. And at that time it was me. And there were some like home truths that I had to sit down and live with. And some of those I'm going to share with you are if dinner gets on the table every night, you did a good job. Doesn't mean where the dinner came from. Doesn't mean how much I prepared it from scratch and, and what went into it. But the fact that we sit down together and eat is more important than what we eat. That the laundry is clean. Now, that does not mean put away in everybody's drawers and hung up. I got these 31 bags monogrammed with their kid's name on it. But if they live out of that laundry bag for the whole week or the whole year or the whole soccer season or the whole whatever, that's okay. Like, I had to give myself permission to to cut corners because there wasn't enough for me to go around. And if the bathrooms are cleaned once a month, so be it. And if the kids have to learn how to strip their beds and cook eggs and and you know clean dishes and we live on paper plates for months on end because that's one more thing I can't get to, these things are not just okay, but they're valued contributions to my household to keep it running so I can focus on the things that are important. And that's what came through when you talked about your dinner table thing or your talked about your mom being present. What good is it for me to have a clean household if I'm in the other room folding laundry, cleaning everything, scrubbing windows, doing everything, and my kids are left unattended? Like what's more important, the time with them or to have a spotless, shiny home? You know, I just wish we were together because I could give you a big hug. Um, I, you know, just everything that you just said is uh, it's stuff that I think about all the time. Uh, when I had two children, so I have three boys. When I had my first two kids, they were three years apart. I had just cut, like rolled off a pretty big demanding job. And so I was still in a achieving mode. And by the way, this is where helicopter mothers come from. So I had two children that I dressed in matching clothes. And then I would take them to the park in their matching clothes. And if they got dirty, I would change them into clean matching clothes for the ride home. Wow. That's true. Okay. So I was a little, like, I was still operating on that level. And I was in danger of ruining these children by, you know, just being just the hovering crazy mother. And then I had my third child. And that may not seem like a lot of children to a lot of people, but for me, in my capacity as a human being, three is so many children. I might as well be like running a kindergarten class. And I just, it just kind of broke me in a way that I just started letting everything go. And the minute that I started letting everything go, my children were happier. And my husband felt included in the family because I would just ask him to do stuff. And my children started to remember to bring their lunch to school because I didn't have the bandwidth anymore to race after them and bring them their lunch. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about, this extreme sort of letting go and it all being good enough and having the kids rise to the occasion is really the best thing that we can do for this generation of children in particular. You know, this is the generation of children who go off to college and can't handle it because their parents have been making all of their decisions for 18 years. 
Well, absolutely. And they're they're also the first generation that's really the what I call the the really first true video game iPhone telephone generation who don't understand that things take time. They're used to getting <laughs> life after life. They have to wait five minutes for their life to regenerate on a game. And they haven't had to learn the patience that it takes to become an adult. And I see a lot of my my kids and my my friends' kids suffering because of that. I want to say something about the number three kids. I personally believe that the worst thing a parent can do is have three children. Now, when you have one, you can focus on one. When you have two, you go, oh, I have a pair. When you have three, there's always one kid, always one kid, odd man out, no matter what they do. You will never get three to agree. When you have four, oh, they can pair off. They can mix and match. When you have five, and I have friends who have five kids, they're like, Oh, the older one can help with the youngest one. And then six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, up to the Webster's 13 kids in my neighborhood, they all pitch in. So in my opinion, three is the toughest group to raise, mostly because there's always one odd man out. And Annabelle, when I have dogs, I never have three. I have two, I have four, I have five. I never have three because there's always one set of hurt feelings, whether they have two legs or four legs. Sandra, I, I love you, but are you telling me I have to go home and get pregnant? Yes, you have to have another child just to just balance one more. out my math. Yeah, just one more. Just one you more. You can adopt, throw a little one, you know, just, just throw another one in there. There's a lot of adoption kids available. My husband would disappear, and in his absence, <laughs> you would just see a puff of smoke. He would be gone. He said, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I think but you know what I'm saying, like my sister has three kids and, you know, I've got another one with four kids and I have two kids and the three is just, I really believe it's tough. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And it also depends on the personalities of your children. Um, I have kind of an easy birth order family where uh, my middle child, who probably gets the least amount of attention, is the most self-sufficient of all five of us in my family. Of course, because that child's the swing vote. I'm the swing vote in my family. He's got to swing from from over, uh, like upper to lower to parent to parent. You know yep. that that middle one is definitely the swing vote. Yeah, yeah. God bless him. Yes, God we love him. that. Yes. Now, no, we don't want you in any crap for him either. We want him to just like you know just keep towing the line because right. you're not the baby. You're not the oldest one. So just put up and shut up, and they go okay. Right. Right. The oldest one has gone to college. She comes back tomorrow for spring Ooh, break. That's so exciting. That's so it exciting. Is exciting. And I think, I mean, I know my, my rule of three is funny, but, um, you know, and it does depend on the personality of the kid. And it does just depend on the ages. You know, when you've got big gaps in family, that can make a big difference. But the whole point is family is fun. Having kids is fun. Being a mom, they say it's the toughest job you'll ever love. I always tell moms, Annabelle, you will never laugh more. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some funny moments in our family because I will tell you, kids are funny and you will have, you will see the world in such a different way when you have kids and whether they're your kids, whether they're acquired by adoption or marriage or remarriage, kids are fun. And that's why Motherhood Talk Radio exists. We're visiting today with Annabelle Monahan, the author of Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? You're going to want to get a copy, laugh out loud, and you're going to want to come back. We've got some great stories coming up with Annabelle Monahan. We'll be back after the break.
Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Love us, they may. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thompson, co-founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kamla for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kamla, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kamla charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kunki. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howda. Kamla and her mother, Bai Tui, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Annabelle Monahan, the author of Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? And we are talking today about the current state of motherhood. And one of the trends that both Annabelle and I have been noticing is kind of the mean mom post, the the uh, nasty complaining, bitter, angry, I don't know what you want to call it. And it kind of, you know, it, it, it runs a little bit among the movie Bad Moms, you know, which I had very mixed feelings about. There were some very funny moments, but overall, I felt it was like a lashing back against like the ideal perfect mom. And when we open today's show and if you like today's show you can find more episodes like it on itunes you can go to motherhoodtalkradio.com and find this episode and hundreds of it like it but one of the things i noticed was that we have all this mommy perfection out there and then now it seems like everything is swinging towards 
like a bitterness because nobody can achieve that. And instead of just acknowledging, you know, you do the best you can and you, you shoot for the gold and or shoot for the moon and miss and you're still among the stars mentality, it's now like this bitter backlash. And I don't find bitter I don't find bitter mommy stuff funny. No, I find it sort of sad. And, you know, I, I wonder, you know, our kids are on Instagram. My kids are on Instagram. Like, do they see these posts that are supposed to be sort of funny? I, I'm, I'm thinking of one that said, you know, children are little creatures who come into your life and slowly suck away your will to live. And I think, you know, if I was sucking away my mother's will to live, she would have sent me to my room. Like, if it's gotten so bad that our children are sucking away our will to live, maybe we need to rethink how much we're doing for them or how, how well we're caring for ourselves. Right, because if you dissect some of these, and I just went into Google and I typed in mean mom meme, M-E-M-E, the mean mom meme. And I know that some of them in here are actually very witty and very funny and they're clever, but the vast majority of them are they're they're self-deprecating in a way that they don't realize they're self-deprecating it's like listen if you're posting this you got a problem and it's not the kid's problem it's it's your problem you clearly don't have boundaries you clearly don't have limits um you clearly i don't even know why you're a parent and i get humor takes many forms but you know, just take a look at this and, and look at some of these and go, you know, is this really about the kid or is this really intrinsically about the mom and her own insecurities, her own problems and her own issues? You know, here's one. Friend, what's it like being a parent? Me starts screaming and crying simultaneously. Ha 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 ha. That's not really funny. Oh, that was it? It's that was it. Like, is that what it's like? You're screaming and crying simultaneously is what it is to be a parent. I mean, I think if you walked around asking people, what is it like? How do you feel about your children? That's not what they're going to tell you. No. And I will say that there is one mom in every group. Like I think of my one friend's mom who I cannot stand. I cannot sit next to her. All <laughs> she ever talks about is the mistakes her kids made, the screw ups they had, the um, how she had to punish them for this, that and the other thing. And what a tough mom she is and that she's such a mean mom. And it's like, it's like creepy, you know, kids make mistakes. They grow up and, you know, just because your kid, you know, didn't study for his test and stayed up late playing a video game doesn't make him the world's next serial killer. But there exactly. are some moms out there that portray their kids as so profoundly awful. And Annabelle, you want to know what I think is at the root of some of these moms? And if you're listening today, then, and you're one of these moms, then just hang up the show. I don't care. Um, no. It's the, the the kid didn't live up to the perception I want to show to the world. Oh, that's so awful. But there are a lot of moms out there, and I see it in these moms. Like I have one mom that I know who has a kid with some uh, learning issues. Great kid, super fun kid, wonderful personality, gorgeous-looking little boy, total bucket of fun. He has trouble reading, but the mom is highly educated, highly this. She's got a tutor for this, a tutor for that, and, oh, my God, he just can't keep up. And yeah. it's like it's not you not keeping up, lady. It's him. 
Yeah. It's, you know, that's, really, that's actually so tragic because it, it comes at a time when a child is forming their self-esteem and whether or not that mother has ever said that to that child, I'm sure that child picks it up. Well, sure. Of course, yeah. they're going to pick it up. But, you know, a lot of these memes are about the mom is what I'm getting at. It's about the mom not feeling good enough. It's about the mom thinking because her children isn't first in the dance studio and she wasn't the first one chosen to do the solo. Like, how is this a reflection on the mom? Like, and that's one thing, Annabelle, that I think I fail. And granted, I work with computers for a reason. OK, we'll put that out on the table. Like computers <laughs> to me make more sense than people. But when it came goes up and does like I was at a spelling bee recently with my own kid and I'm like you know do the best you can and he came in fifth he wasn't first he wasn't last okay well you did your best it's good but that didn't have any reflection on me but there were parents in the audience that their kids placement was a direct reflection on them and where did we learn that did we get taught that somewhere in mommy school because if if so I missed the class no but I think it comes back to the same thing Sandra I actually think that because we have invested so much in our children, we're so obsessed as a generation with our children that we actually think it's a reflection of, of us. You know, one thing that I really loved about my mother is that she had three children who were very different. I'm super, very different from my siblings. They're very different from each other. And she parented each of us differently and separately for who we were as people. And none of us were a sort of an outshoot of who she wanted to be or what her dreams were. Um, and she didn't have time to even think about something like that. But I think I think this like overinvestment in our children, we invest so much that then we're disappointed when they didn't, you know, graduate Harvard Law School like we thought they should or whatever the thing is that we had set up for them. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I look at, at some of the moms in my neighborhood and some of the moms in my own family who have their kids in hockey and baseball, and they're, they're like eight years old, and they're gunning for a college scholarship. And I, <laughs> but I mean, you laugh, but it's, but it's true. And it's like, okay, you know, your kid's a good athlete, and that's great. But your kid's more than just a soccer ball kicking machine. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go towards your kid's goals and you shouldn't have your kid be your best. But I think there's part of you that has to look back and see as a single mom with all my responsibility and as a company owner and a radio host, I can't helicopter my kids. I can't focus on their every little thing. And I think that's a good thing. It's a great thing, Sandra, a great thing. But there are these moms that have one or two kids and they are hyper-focused on every breath this kid takes, every soccer kick, every dance kick, every hockey swipe. You know, I, I don't know how we get around that. And maybe it's just one of those things where you just go and hug somebody else's kid and tell them they did great and go on your way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand it. If I had had one, if I had stopped having children after my first son, who I was reasonably obsessed with my first son. Uh, I, I really, and I, you know, to be honest, I kind of am still. But if I had stopped having children after that, I can see how my interest in him could have ruined him as a human being or could have made him the, some crazy self-absorbed person because I was so, I just had so much energy to give him. And I think it's important as moms, you know, we talk a lot about self-care and all these things, but it's important as moms to give some of that energy back to ourselves. 
Absolutely. We're young and healthy. What is it that we want to be doing? Is there work we want to do? Is there, you know, what, what is it that we would enjoy doing? When, you know, when you look and you see you spend the entire weekend sitting on a field watching your children play, you know, is there some car- time you can carve out for yourself? Well, it's funny you say that because you know, one of the things that I took a lot of heat for was, um, you know, I have to juggle a lot and I have to multitask a lot. And one of the things that I started doing was at my kids' soccer games and baseball games, that was my time to walk and work out. So I walked around the field. Now, I could still keep one eye on the game, but I was getting my workout in. And, you know, it wasn't like a full gym workout, but it was walking. And it was walking out in the sunshine after a busy day at work. And I could walk and I could still keep track of the game, you know, baseball field are huge you know when you walk around the whole park and I would get my workout in and Annabelle when I came back and sat down after like walking for like an hour and a half during a softball game or a a baseball game one of the moms is like what are you doing and I'm like well I kind of have to and she's like well you're not focusing phone all the time so I just fired back and I'm like what's the difference of me walking around the park and looking out at the field and you being on your phone the whole time and looking up at the field which yeah I I think that actually it's a great time to exercise it is a great time to exercise but the thing was I matter too yeah I matter too like it matters for them to get to to soccer practice or baseball practice on time also matters that I I matter like and that's the one thing that I really want to to hit home today to everybody listening who is struggling because at some point you had to say I matter at some point I had to say I matter yeah yeah I agree today's that day today's that day for us to fire up and empower women to carve some time out in their day and you know what your kids won't fall apart the world won't fall apart you know all these things will get done in a greater letter lesser extent as annabelle and i have shared today but the benefit will be you will be happier you will be more energized you'll be healthier and guess what that makes you a better mom and your kids will model that behavior too They'll take care of themselves because they saw you doing it. Absolutely. We do not want to raise our kids to make the same mistakes we make. So it's good for us to have these introspection times. And if you're at work or you're listening to today's show today, you know, just take a moment as we go to commercial break to think about, you know, what is it that I'm doing that I could take a step back that would really empower my kids to be the best they can be and show them how I can be the best I can be. This is Sandra Beck and Annabelle Monahan on Motherhood. Hood Talk Radio. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about self-care and what does self-care really look like? Because quite frankly, going to the spa, getting a massage every week is not in the budget, not in the cards for most people, and not even reasonably possible. So we're going to talk about self-care when we get back from the break with Annabelle Monahan. Pick up a copy of her book, Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? You Won't Be Sorry. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. It's words. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's never Have you ever walked into a room on a mission to get something and totally forgot what you went in there for? I do it all the time, which makes me feel like a total sieve head, as the Brits would say. Some might blame it on old age, but a recent study reported in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology suggests the simple act of passing through a doorway causes memory lapses. It appears the brain regards a doorway as an event boundary and effectively files away whatever you were thinking about as soon as you step through. What's a word for the feeling your thoughts are being stolen? Nucleptia. So, what's the solution? Try carrying an object that reminds you of the task. For example, if you go into another room to get a pair of scissors, carry the object you want to cut. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Annabelle Monahan, author of Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? Now, when we went to break, we talked a little bit about self-care. And <clears throat> one of the things that happened to me, Annabelle, is shortly after I got divorced and I was really struggling as a single mom, um, my ex-husband and his new-to-be wife invited me to counseling. And I stayed with that counselor. I'm still with her today, and they've moved on and you know moved on to their life. But I stayed with that counselor because she could answer questions for me or help me answer my own questions in a way I couldn't figure out. And shortly after we finished counseling as a group and I continued on with this lady, uh, she said to me, Sandra, what do you do to take care of yourself? And I looked at her, Annabelle, I was stumped. I was like, I comb my hair. Like, I, I, I didn't even know what self-care meant. And I said, well, I guess I could go get a manicure. And the concept of self-care, I think, is one of those things we throw around and we all, it sounds good. But what does it really look like? Because now self-care for me is picking up a good book and escaping for a couple hours. Self-care is going to my local park in between soccer drop-offs or handbell drop-offs or baseball practice and walking with my headphones. And I listen to the Go-Go's. <laughs> I love oh, like, great. yes, the Go-Go's from the eighties. It oh. You cannot listen to the song vacation without smiling and laughing. So 
you know, little things like that are what are me doing self-care. They're not what we see on TV or not what's in the marketing packages of the, you know, spa deluxe, the, the whatever it is. And now I would love those things. Don't get me wrong, but reasonably to have the time and the money and make the effort to go to these places. That's not in my wheelhouse right now. And it's really not what I need. And that's the word need is I think a really tough word for most moms because we're good with everybody else's needs. But if I went to Annabelle and said, Annabelle, what do you need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might need. I don't need a green mask on my face. <laughs> and they're going to peel off and it's going to take out all my toxins. I don't even know what that thing is, but I don't need that. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's a video on YouTube. You have to look it up with this woman who buys this rubberized mask. When she pulls it out, it pulls out like half her eyebrows and the skin <laughs> off her upper lip. And, you know, and she's just, and her friend's trying to get it off her face. She's about 20, this little girl trying to have better pores. And she's like, my God, I've been trying to take care of myself. And I just like, I burned my face. Oh, that's um, awful. But we do those things to ourselves as women because when is the last time you really sat down or somebody asked you what you needed? Now, if I asked you what your kids needed or your husband needed, you could give me a laundry list like that. Yeah. You know, I for, I, I think that self-care, the, the operative word is self, and it's going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, I, I need to get up in the morning and get my kids to school and I go to the YMCA and I go for a little run and I do it every single day and I sweat and then I feel like I can start my day like in a, in a very positive way. So that's the thing that I, I carve out for myself. Um, writing, which happens to be my job, feels like self-care because if I don't do it, I start to feel kind of yicky um, and I get too many words in my head if I haven't gotten them out. But the most recent thing that I'm doing for self-care, I didn't really think of it as self-care, but I think it is, is saying no to things that don't serve me at all. And people, I think this happens more to women than to men and more to mothers than not. People are always asking you for a favor. They're always asking you for your time. You know, could we meet for coffee? Because I'm thinking about... And you, you have to be, you could, you could fill all of your days with, you know, listening and, and being there and you have to be a little bit more choosy about it or you will have no time for your own care and your own work. So I'm working well, on, it's not and a done deal. Yeah, that one I'm going to buzz in on because that's a tough one, I think, for all women because I think many of us are natural caretakers. We care about our friends. We care about our family. We care about our kids. And if you're in my case where I'm the single mom and I have kids at my house all the time, I don't know what happens with when when there's a single mom in the neighborhood. All the kids gravitate to that house. I don't know if they feel like there's somehow some magic there that, you know, there's no dad, so it's going to be somehow freer even though I think I'm tougher. You know, I have... Right. And so I have a hard time saying no to to anyone, but I've gotten better at saying no to adults because adults have the power to hire someone, to call someone else. They have more resources at their disposal. The one thing I'll never say no to, I'll never say no to a kid. The kid tells me he's got to come over to my house and talk. And I've got a lot of teens who come and talk to me about things they can't talk to their parents about. And they're, most of them are just dumb kid things. They're not anything earth shattering, but every once in a while it is earth shattering. So I've made this kind of little rule with myself that 
when a child is in need, I will never turn them away. Yeah, no, that's our responsibility. I'm talking about things like uh, my friend's cousin is thinking about writing a book and she'd like to sit down with you for an hour and talk about it. That kind of stuff. I, I could literally fill every day of the week with stuff like that. Oh, hey, Annabelle. Yeah. Um, I have this idea for a book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think this has been a great show. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yes. But, you know, yeah. it is, and it comes up out of nowhere a lot of the times, these requests. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it's a lot. I, and I think it's partially because I work from home. I think that if I was, if I left and went to an office all day and came back, I wouldn't be as accessible, but I, um, that it, it's, it's a lot. There are a lot, a lot of requests like that. That's a big one. Cause I work from home too. You know, I built this soundstage in my or studio in my office and I have my tech company. And for a while there, a lot of the moms were like, well, you have to have lunch. What time are you having lunch? You want me to bring lunch over? But it would be an hour and a half of time they needed to kill before they picked up their kids and I needed to get back to work. And so it does put you in quite a pickle. Do you have a good pat response? Um, like I do this thing where I say, you know what? I'm sorry, I have clients at that time, or I'm sorry, I have a call, or I'm sorry, I have a show. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to get together, but I have a show and I don't, I don't give an alternate time or day. I just, I just politely say, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I can't. And I, you know, I don't, I don't go there after that. And then when people ask for my time or they ask me to promote things for them on the show or, you know, do this for them, I just have to say things like, you know what, I'm sorry, my contract won't allow it. Or I'll say things like, and it's true, my contracts don't allow certain things. But Ooh, I need I a, contracts. I like that. Well, that's, because there is certain, I mean, I sign, I sign advertising contracts. I sign marketing contracts. I can't promote Annabelle's book unless I have a contract with someone. I mean, there's, there's certain things I can do and not do, but I find if I give a definitive answer, it preserves the friendship more because a lot of coaches have told me, well, Sandra, you just have to say no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's really awkward when you're going to see this person at the family picnic or you're going to see them around at school or maybe your kids play together. So I've kind of sat down and came up with some responses of what to do, like when I don't have time to volunteer. And one of these things is if you don't volunteer, guess what? Someone else will. Yeah. And you do not want to rob that new person of the opportunity of helping where you would go and do it resentfully. So, you know, these are kind of some of the things that go through my head. You know, the the thing, I, I mean, my, my response is I don't have time. And here's the thing. there I could wake up an hour earlier if I wanted to make more time. But if I don't have time to sit in the evening and read a book or sit with my kids and hear about their day, if, if I don't have enough time for that kind of thing, I can't be giving away an, an, an hour or two for no reason. So I think it's a matter of self-esteem, really, for moms to be able to value. Because if you're a mom, you're like, well, I've got nothing to do anyway. Sure, I might as well give you my time. Your time is valuable, sort of for, feel, for feeding yourself. And I think, I think we have to have a little bit more respect, um, respect for our own time. Well, and one of the things, you know, I worked a lot in the coaching and developing uh, industry and the leadership industry. And one of the things I used to ask people to do is take a piece of paper and a ruler and draw seven columns in 24 rows. 
And then you get like this matrix. It looks like an Excel spreadsheet. And you can do it on Excel if you want. I'm actually then writing I, it down as you're saying. Yes. And then write Monday through Saturday, Sunday on the top of the seven columns. And then put from 6 a.m. in the morning till, you know, do 24 hours. You can do it, you know, every hour on the hour. And that gives you a visual presentation of how many hours you really have in the week. And when you put, even if you only put six hours a day sleeping, you know, even put the optimum eight hours a day sleeping, just take a marker and color those out like in blue for sleep and mm -hmm. then put yellow for grooming and then put orange for kind of breakfast, lunch and dinner. And when you look at the amount that's left over, like when I go through, my company colors are pink and green. So I'll go through and I'll put pink where all my company hours of obligation are. Then I'll put green for Zachy's obligation hours and blue for dark blue for Max's obligations. Then I have to put in purple for my grand, my dad, for grandpa. So I put all these obligations in every week and then I look at what's left over and you can see the, the uncolored blocks are what you have to play with. Now, those don't include self-care, but if you go to the gym or you go to the park like I do and do your workout, you got to color those in. What you have left over in this piece of art that is your life is what you have to give away. Yeah. You can give it to your kids. You can give it to yourself. You can give it to someone else. But when I have anyone in my sphere of influence do this exercise, and I do it with my kids because they want to sign up for everything under the sun. Okay, let's bring out, we call it our 24-7 planner. Let's bring it out and let's color it in. What do you got left? Wow. That is really mind-blowing. It is. It's a great, powerful exercise. I wish, Annabelle, we had more hours in today to stay on the show. I will have you back. Mm -hmm. Annabelle Monahan is our guest today. Her book is Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? If you're a reader, if you're a laugher, if you want something that's not difficult to read, that is really fun, and it even has pictures, mm -hmm. uh, get Annabelle's book, Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? Annabelle Monahan, thank you for being my guest today. We'll be back again next week with another great episode of motherhood talk radio check us out on itunes thank you sandra Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood 